everyone. Welcome back to our IT time, because it's time to talk about tech. I'm Zoe, I'm going to be your host, and in our second episode, I have the honor of talking to the so-called Microsoft MVP sisters, Rachel Prophet and Kelly Gustafson. For those of our listeners who do not know what MVP means, Kelly, could you give us a short introduction to the concept and yourself? Absolutely. My name is Kelly Gustafson. I am a Microsoft MVP for business applications. And what I really focus on is Dynamics 365 for finance and operations. Um, and our guest, Rachel, she was also a Microsoft MVP for the same thing, which is why we are called the MVP sisters. Now, what is an MVP? A Microsoft MVP is basically somebody who belongs to a community of technical influencers who are huge advocates and fans of Microsoft and their products. These are the people you see speaking at conferences, talking about Microsoft products on social media, blogging, sharing their knowledge with the community. Honestly, community really is probably the best way to describe what an MVP is. That is really great. Thank you, Kelly. And Rachel, one reason that is so great to have you on the podcast is that you have a rather unusual career path. In, and in the last episode, we talked about the struggle for women to enter the tech world. And I believe that you can be an inspiration for women who feel like their background wouldn't be a proper fit. So Rachel, can you tell us a bit about how your career started and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Rachel Prophet. My pronouns are she, her. I am a white female um, and I uh, work for Microsoft now. I'm a fast track solution architect based out of the Denver, Colorado area. And um, I've been with Microsoft for, you know, about a year and a half, uh, almost two years, but I have been working with Dynamics 365 going all the way back to the Xapta 2.5 days. So my career got started, um, you know, just out of high school and I was doing accounts payable. I was an accounts payable clerk and the company was using a green screen and they decided to implement this thing called DamnGuard Xapta. And so that's really where I got my first exposure to the system. I did some accounts payable data entry in the early days. Um, I did some accounts receivable for a while. Um, and then I decided to join the army <laughs> um, because I, I really wanted to go to school and become an architect. Um, not a solution architect, though, like an architect who builds things like buildings, designs buildings. And so I joined the army to help pay for school, did the army thing for a while and came back. And um, I was basically kind of transitioning into more of like an IT role doing help desk. I learned how to use the product builder and kind of my job has just morphed and morphed over time. I, I self-taught how to, to write code in X plus um, plus. I kind of found I had a passion for training and did training for a long time. Um, in my more recent years, I did some pre-sales um, with, you know, the, the newer versions. And so I've, I've really gone through a lot of different kind of phases in my career, but it, it really just comes from the roots of being an end user in the, the software and finding my passion, finding what I'm good at and building those skills, building on that to, to land me where I'm at now at Microsoft. So you went from being 
part of the early development of D365 to being in the military because you wanted to be an architect and then you move towards being a fast-track solution architect at Microsoft, right? Yep. That must have been quite a journey. So, Kelly, where did you enter the picture? Um, I've also had a non-traditional path into dynamics, and my path started with me working as a supervisor and then an HR manager at a peanut butter factory. Um, we used an old legacy system, an AS400. And after I had been there for probably about five years, they started talking about replacing that AS400 and they wanted to implement Dynamics AX 2012. And that's actually how I met Rachel <laughs> because she was with the partner that helped implement Dynamics for my organization. But we implemented Dynamics and I worked sort of as the project manager and I became um, kind of the IT liaison between everybody in the company. I basically served as a business analyst. I understood how the business wanted to do what they wanted to do and then learned how to use the system in order to make that work for them. And ever since then, I've just been growing and learning more and more and That's really how I got there. And you're also both helping people to get a better understanding of D365. And um, Kelly, you have a blog and you talk at conferences, right? That's true. I, um, I recently spoke at the Dynamics Communities Summit and I have spoken at those for the last several years. And the reason I even started doing that was because I went to a summit, which is a um, basically just a conference of end users. And you had um, so-called experts standing up at the front of the room and talking and telling a little bit about the system. And I remember sitting in one or two sessions and being completely lost And saying, you know, I think I could probably do this. <laughs> I think that I could get up there and I could really help some people. So I started raising my hand and volunteering. And that's how I got into speaking and blogging and all of the things that I now do for the community. And uh, Rachel, you also teach, right? You have a YouTube channel called Dynamics 365 Unboxed for anyone who would like to learn more about the system. And I can only recommend it. And your motto is no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. And I feel like this is a great encouragement for, to, for women to enter this profession um, because, well, it's a male-dominated profession and so women don't really meet the standard. So, Rachel, what advice would you give a woman who would like to follow your footsteps? Uh, yeah, and that's a it's a great question. It was one that uh, I think I had to think about a little bit. I, I think the advice that I would give to anyone, young, professional, male, female, anything, is do what you're passionate about, right? So figure out what your what what is your passion, what are you most passionate about, and uh, find a way to apply that passion to your work. Um, I'm passionate about teaching and training people, right? So that's always been at the core of, of what I do. But even outside of that, like I'm passionate about specific 
uh, topics or specific areas of the s- system. And even, you know, from a philanthropic standpoint, um, you know, the types of companies that I like to donate to and charities, I, I always look for ways that I can take things that I'm passionate about and insert them into my daily work, um, include them in my daily work, um, evangelize them in my daily work. Um, and I personally find it very rewarding when I can teach someone something new. So I think my number one piece of advice is do what you're passionate about, apply it to what you already know and what you do on a day-to-day basis, and then don't be afraid to share it. I think sharing with the community was one of the number one ways that I started to grow my network. And the bigger your network is, the better and easier it's going to be to take that next step in your career, no matter what it is. Um, um, having a network of people that you can ask questions, rely on, um, you know, share your your woes with, um, share your your positive experiences with, it's always going to be better. So, I think in a nutshell, that's what I would I would say and what I would advise. That sounds very good. And how did you come to the idea to start a YouTube channel? Um, before I joined Microsoft, I also had a blog called Dynamics365Lady.com. And that was something that I started um, in order to kind of achieve and get that MVP award. And that was kind of uh, more like a checkbox on an RFP. Um, Belinda Allen was was kind of helping coach both Kelly and I, along with an, a, a larger group of ladies who were kind of showing interest in becoming MVPs. And so I started the blog But writing is is difficult for me. I find it to be a chore. It's not something I'm passionate about. Um, and it was a lot of work for me to write a blog. Uh, so after I joined Microsoft and I was talking with, um, you know, my manager and some other people about like how I can have a bigger impact now that I'm, you know, on the other side, so to speak, working directly for Microsoft and, uh, Donna Sarker had actually kind of suggested to me, well, why don't you make a YouTube video because uh, a, a YouTube channel. And so that's kind of how the YouTube channel was born last year was just kind of out of the suggestion from another amazing, strong female role model, like do what you love. Um, and I think when I'm on, when I'm presenting, I'm most alive. And so it just made sense. Instead of the blog, I was going to switch to making YouTube videos, which I find it easier just for me based on my personality to click record and share what I know. And now I'm reverse engineering my videos to create my blogs, uh, just to create more accessibility for people uh, that, you know, maybe don't learn by video or, you know, can't get the benefits out of a video. Yeah, I mean, Rachel, of course, you're you're right. Everyone is different and everyone should do what feels best for themselves, whether that's video or blog. So just out of curiosity, what about you, Kelly? What works best for you? Honestly, I really prefer blogging, but I've been known to record a video or two. For me, I love writing and would honestly love to publish a book one day. So where Rachel thrives on making videos, I actually thrive on the written word. I love that we can both provide value and our unique perspectives to the community by using different methods and technologies. I was going to say, there's there's no single path 
to success, right? Kelly's path to success was through writing the blogs and my path to success has been through videos and the, the unique perspectives I think is what's so fantastic out there in the community. It's really how you can make technology fit your personality kind of and work those two together. And um, Rachel, I just because I just wanted to come back to the Microsoft or your current position. And of course, Microsoft is not the only tech company out there, but definitely one of the biggest. And I just wanted to know for our listeners to be a bit more specific, what opportunities do you see currently open for women in the tech world? Shoot, I mean, as as a woman in the tech world, you know, if you want to come work for Microsoft, you want to come work for Google, you want to come work for Apple, whatever the tech company might be, the reality is, is you can do anything you want. I, I, for me, again, it comes back to passion. Like, what are you passionate about? And two, sometimes, like, even if you can't land the exact position, the exact job that you want, Sometimes you can use an opportunity as a stepping stone. So where, you know, I love my job. I love what I do as a fast track solution architect, but I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. It's a learning experience and I'm using this and having conversations with my manager to figure out what is next. But I think in the Dynamics 365 world, the great thing is like, I think a lot of women are maybe like scared of tech because they're like, Ooh, like I don't want to learn how to code. Well, you don't have to know how to code. Like I think I've made a, a lot of success for myself. And I think Kelly has as well from this kind of business analyst approach where you take a more functional approach and you've got that kind of listening skill that you're using to learn and understand someone's business and then trying to use your troubleshooting skills to apply um, the functionality of the system to a, a real life business problem. And it doesn't have to be technical. And certainly there are all sorts of super technical jobs available. But if you like the business aspect, there's still tons of opportunities, um, I think, out there in the tech world where you can have a more business focus on problem solving for businesses. Well, if people don't really know what's out there, for example, people that just graduated from college, then it's always good to just get a head start, get in there, and then you will see what opportunities there are and what positions are open and where you can go and find your passion. It doesn't have to be the first one, doesn't have to be the second one, but eventually you will find a job you really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, and even if you look at my career history, I think we... I got my foot in the door, you know, at these various companies and molded and morphed my job into what I wanted it to be, you know, moving around within the same company, um, taking on responsibilities, taking initiative uh, to do things that I was passionate about is what created pathways for me to morph and shift my job from accounts payable to IT to Uh, you know, what I'm doing now from a consulting kind of solution architect point of view. Yeah, that's really inspiring, your career path. I really enjoyed it when I was learning about it. And uh, Kelly, what opportunis opportunities do you see in the tech world? You know, similar to what Rachel said, if you can figure out 
something that works for you, something that you can do. Um, I've seen a lot of people recently become really fast learners and huge advocates of the Power Apps products, and they are just running with it. I have seen more people pick that up and learn it in like no time. Um, whereas the ERP might be a little bit more complicated for some people to learn quickly, but um, there, there are several different opportunities available for people who just want to learn and can make something function and make sense for anybody who works in a business environment. And there's so many different types of businesses you don't even really think about it until you actually get out into the world and start seeing the different types of businesses that are out there and the different tech that makes sense for those businesses. But truly um, I agree with what Rachel said, find something that you're passionate about, find something that speaks to you. And honestly, if you can if you can find that thing that speaks to you, you don't ever feel like you're working. You feel like you're just having fun. I feel like I'm having fun every day. Yeah. Same here. I, and I think just to add to that, it's like, it could be anything like power platform, but it could be human resources. It could be finance. It could be manufacturing. Don't be intimidated by air quote ERP. Like, you have to start somewhere. If if you really like numbers and you really like reporting and analytics, maybe it's Power BI. Um, if you really love, you know, the, the human resources and helping people aspect, you know, maybe you go down the HR path. If you really love the watching like how it's made on TV, maybe it's manufacturing, <laughs> right? Like it can be anything. It's, it's find, find your passion. I think that's really the word I'm going to take away from this podcast is find your sp uh, passion and find something that really speaks to you because otherwise, well, you're not going to enjoy your job and you should. I think that's, that's true. A really, uh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like work. I was going to say, and you know what's funny? Rachel mentioned HR. And honestly, like I went to school for HR, not IT. So I don't even have a background in IT. And yet here I am. And to, to add to that point, Kelly, right, I don't have a degree at all. I learned what I needed to learn on the job, right? I, I, and it doesn't mean that I haven't had any advanced training in my career. I certainly have, but I don't have a degree from a traditional institution, and that's okay. Um, was it the easiest path? Probably not, Um But I think when you find your passion, you find what you're good at and you apply it, um, people are willing to help you. Like, it, it, that's just, the, they want to teach you. Um, at least most people, maybe not everyone. Right, I think that can be very motivating for people who are not yet in the tech world, but are looking to enter and are not really sure about how to do career switch, for example. Kelly, you also train people, right? What would be your take on this? My take on this is to find those people in your organization or community who exhibit an interest or maybe just have an inherent talent or gift with something and give them the opportunity to run with it. Even if they don't have that traditional education path or degree, show them, teach them, take them under your wing. 
You never know, you might be encouraging the next generation of MVP. Thank you, Kelly. That's a really good point. And as Kelly was talking about the value of experiences and trainings, Rachel, just out of curiosity, are you mentoring someone at the moment? I, I am actually. I'm, I'm mentoring two amazing women uh, that both actually work for Microsoft. Um, and, you know, I think indirectly, I, I mentor a lot of people. And I think I get a lot of people that reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I think that's the community in me is like, if you ask me something on LinkedIn, I'm always happy to to answer your questions and help guide someone in the right direction based on my experiences. So, you know, am I going to spend an hour with every person, you know, once a week that reaches out to me on LinkedIn? No, but I would say, you know, don't, you're never going to get, the guidance, the advice, the mentorship that you're looking for if you don't ask for it. I think that's very good advice, Rachel. Thank you. And I actually think we're almost at the end. And before we finish, Rachel, what is your favorite tea? Mm. I am actually enjoying a nice cup of Indian chai tea that I made in my Keurig Uh, today. And chai is what I, I gravitate towards. I actually went and had tea, high tea at the castle here in uh, Sedalia, Colorado this last weekend with my mother-in-law. And I enjoyed some chai tea there as well. That's great. Thank you, Rachel. I will try that one. And thank you also for being here with us. And of course, thank you to our listeners for being here with our second episode of IT Time, because it was time to talk about tech. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation and our next guest for the podcast is an advocate for change, professor, mother, wife, and influencer. And I'm very excited she decided to join us. Again, if there are any individuals you would like us to talk to or topics you would like us to talk about, reach out to us and we will see what we can do. Until then, take care.